Welcome to Everyday Buddhism, making every day better by applying the proven tools found in Buddhist concepts. Welcome to episode 52 of Everyday Buddhism, making every day better, and happy Thanksgiving to those in the United States. And in these days before the Thanksgiving, uh, I've been reflecting on being thankful at the end of this challenging year. I imagine some of you are having a really hard time wrapping your mind around feeling any kind of thankfulness or gratitude as we make our way into the 10th month of a global pandemic and the sadness it has and is bringing. I too sometimes need to fight off waves of despair, yet at the same time I find myself in moments of reflection, feeling a profound gratitude and thankfulness for the life I do have in a way that feels much deeper and more life-affirming than in pre-pandemic times where I reflected on gratitude in a gratitude journal or while doing the Japanese self-reflection and gratitude practice of Nikon. You know, sometimes during those pre-pandemic gratitude practice times, in all honesty, it seemed I was looking for things to be thankful for when all the time they were right here. It is precisely this time of loss, fear, despair, uncertainty, and sadness that has refocused my attention on what is right in front of me at this moment instead of what I'm planning to do, need to do, should have done, and on and on. It shifts my focus to just this and frequently sparks what I would call body-shaking insights into how beautiful just this is. And then my gratitude arises spontaneously and feels boundless. At those times, all I know how to do is say thank you. Thank you for being alive. Thank you to my partner for being who she is. Thank you for the house we live in and the food we eat and the beds we sleep in. Thank you to our cat for delighting us every day. Thank you to our families, friends, and neighbors, and to our yard and our neighborhood and the whole earth. And especially thank you for my and my family's health and Really especially a huge thank you to the nurses, doctors, police, fire, grocery, restaurant, and delivery workers that keep working and risking their own health to keep us healthy. So many crises, so much sickness and death, so much shouting and divisiveness, so much sadness. But thank you to all of you who keep going every day despite it all. You know, the Buddha taught about our, quote, precious human birth. He used an analogy describing how rare and therefore how precious 
it is to receive a human birth. The Buddha told Ananda to suppose that there was a blind turtle who lives at the bottom of the ocean. He explained to Ananda that that turtle has a long life and only comes up to the surface of the sea once every hundred years. So he then asked Ananda to also imagine that there was a log floating in that very ocean with a hole in it that is as small as the neck of the turtle. And then he said to Ananda, he said, do you think that blind turtle could surface right in the center of that hole in the floating log? Of course, it seemed impossible to Ananda as it does to you and I. Reflecting on that seeming impossibility, the Buddha said that to be born as a human being is actually much more difficult than the possibility of that blind turtle surfacing through the small hole of a floating log. That is how precious our life is. This story from the Buddha started with how precious it is to receive a human birth. You know, I want to stop here and emphasize that word, receive. You and I received a human birth. We didn't plan it. We didn't arrange for it. We had no control in making no control in making it happen. We received it. We received our lives. We were gifted our lives. And for that gift, despite how rocky our life, lives sometimes seem, we say thank you. So how can we feel thankful on Thanksgiving 2020? when the pandemic is raging at levels worse than they've ever been and at the same time expected to go higher, and when some of us have suffered sickness and loss and all of us have suffered a necessary separation from our loved ones and friends. And political and social strife seems to be a ubiquitous background noise that has now reached a, the decibel levels of a rocket launch. So how do we connect to thankfulness in the midst of this uncertainty, fear, and sadness? If even for a minute, you know, using mindful awareness to shift our focus to what I called earlier just this automatically connects us to a larger context in which, we, in which our own personal stories are unfolding. Sitting in just this, we are relieved of our endless wants, worries, dramas, and sadness. It connects us to a sense of freedom, of liberation. From the place of liberation, we feel blessed. We feel an appreciation for the interdependent nature of life. This is a place where we can feel our hearts soften as we calmly sit and watch deer resting in the yard, or remember how the Instacart delivery person joyously, who joyously shouts, have a blessed day. Now, before you think I'm in denial or posturing a fake attitude of positivity, I will assure you that I'm not. I am very, I would say, engaged in the sadness and 
uncertainties of our current challenges. I am aware of the prevailing and increasing rate of illness and death that hangs over us like a dark cloud. I feel the weight of racial injustice and cultural and political divisiveness. We know from Buddhist teachings that in life everything is impermanent, but it's also interdependent. And we, that, and we also know that we don't have a discrete self, but instead we sense or feel an identity that is loosely connected to how we perceive, feel, and think about ourselves and others. And this non-self or self that isn't the way you think it is applies to everyone. Each of us are constantly interacting with each of others, you know, We all are interacting with each other. And in doing that, it changes the very selfness of both ourselves and the others. So we see that life is much more tenuous than it seems. You know, it didn't seem too tenuous probably to most of us before the pandemic hit, but it was. But now we're very much aware of that, how the others affect us and how we affect the others. We also know that the Buddha taught that life will be unsatisfactory because, in fact, it is impermanent and interdependent. We can't control it. So it's unsatisfactory. The word I use is crappy. The Buddha taught that. The Buddha taught that life is crappy sometimes. And 2020 sure gets the prize for the pinnacle of crappy. Yet, due to this impermanence and interdependence, we do also know that things will change. They'll change from crappy to better, and maybe from better back to crappy. We also know that we can't possibly have any idea what's going to happen at the next moment. All we can do is meet each moment as it arises. Jack Cornfield told the Huffington Post, that in some Buddhist traditions, there's a prayer in which one makes a rather unusual request of the universe, God, Brahman, Allah, the Buddha, or the Absolute. The request is to bring, bring bring their own selves challenge and obstacles. And he termed the request as almost a prayer that says, May I be given the appropriate difficulties so that my heart can truly open with compassion. Imagine asking for that. In the Bible, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, Paul teaches, quote, Be joyful always, unquote, and to, quote, give thanks in all circumstances. In all circumstances, it's that, that part that causes us to pause, right? Giving thanks no matter what happens. Yet Paul is saying exactly what the Buddha teaches, that we cannot possibly know the outcome of anything for sure. What at the beginning looks like an unfortunate situation can turn to be a blessing. So we should give thanks for whatever happens. Now, personally, it's a long story that I've shared with you in podcast episodes and in my book, so I won't go into great detail right now. 
But as an example, two major realities and circumstances in my life that seemed like curses played out to be the most amazing blessings that were able to open my mind and heart, giving me a wider, more compassionate perspective than I imagine I would have had otherwise. These two circumstances that I'm referring to are one that I am gay and I recognize the fact that I was gay from a very young age, and two, having a chronic autoimmune condition. Now, these two realities brought me many painful challenges and traumas throughout the course of my life, but at the same time, they also opened my heart to the suffering of those who are different, marginalized, and not able-bodied in a profound way. And living in those realities demonstrated to me that in dealing with life as it is, even if it is painful, there is always this faint ray of hope. And in following that little glimmer of hope, I frequently found myself in gratitude and peace. Again from the Bible, in Lamentations 3.29, it's the Old Testament, a prophet says, Put your lips to the dust, and you will have hope. Now, this teaching strongly echoes Buddhist teachings and also the teachings I use in Japanese psychology, the ones about not escaping the reality we find ourselves in, but fully embracing it. It is in that active acceptance that we transcend our suffering. We find hope. I have quoted this many times, but it is appropriate, particularly here. In the teachings of our Bright Dawn School from the Reverends Gyome and Koyo Kabose, I carry the mantra with me at all times, and that is, acceptance is transcendence. When we give thanks in all circumstances, it is a mindfulness practice, a way to short-circuit a typical reactive response to a challenging situation through the acknowledgement that it is a challenging situation. If we react and get carried away by our emotions and the stories they weave, we are not able to see the reality of the situation, but instead we follow those emotions into a dangerous territory that traps us in the second arrow of suffering. Let's say you're angry at a perceived injustice. Instead of embroiling yourself in the bodily experiences of anger, what if you just said to yourself, I see you, anger. There you are. I acknowledge you, and I am grateful that I am able to see you and also grateful that I'm able to pause to know that I am angry. Being in that pause as a way of positively dealing with anger It is an act of acceptance. Remember that we all have a negativity bias. Psychology has shown us that negative experiences or thoughts have a greater effect on one's psychological state and processes than neutral or positive experiences and thoughts. So if we keep that fact in mind, we can counteract the imbalance of our negativity bias by beginning to look for positive things to be grateful for, 
even in the midst of strong negative circumstances. As I mentioned earlier, despite my off-time preoccupation with the sheer awfulness of 2020 and my sometimes wallowing in the second arrow of suffering and sadness, I have moments of what I would call a grace of the awareness of my conscious life of just this. Sometimes as I drive to complete an errand or sit in my car waiting for a store employee to bring out items I ordered for curbside pickup, I am struck with awe and love for the bravery of people going about their lives with their masks on and even hearing them laugh. I feel a wonder and a oneness with everyone, feeling the same fears and uncertainty and sadness that I feel. The juxtaposition of these fears and joy is a demonstration of life as it is, the whole of life. To live with all others, feeling their joys and their pain, has the potential to blast open a closed heart and mind, if only for a few minutes. You know, my primary spiritual practice is both meditation, but it's also Shin Buddhism, the practices of Shin Buddhism. And the primary practice of Shin Buddhism is gratitude. In Shin Buddhism, there isn't a focus on achieving particular results of our practice, like enlightenment, good karma, good rebirth, or material things, but a practice of saying, thank you for everything we have received, including the gift of our lives. The other main focus of Shin Buddhism is on the awareness of our interconnectedness, an awareness that we are supported and benefited by a web of people and circumstances outside of our direct control. There is very little that we can accomplish without others, those living now and those that came before. And for that, we are filled with gratitude for this grace, this compassion that life shows us in all the others that surround and support us. In Shin Buddhism, we have the belief that we are taken care of and supported, not because of anything we've done or deserved. We are given it as a gift. We are given this grace, not because we are something special, but because we are just as we are, just as everyone else is embraced in the same grace, just as they are. In the traumatic year we have all weathered and are still weathering together, just remembering to be thankful for the fact that we are, that it's just this, is a practice that can help you live with sadness in one hand and gratefulness in the other. Take time to pause and feel just this, and you will find the calm courage to meet every day with an open heart. This open heart and the understanding it brings frees us from staying identified with either the negative or positive aspects of our lives, liberating liberating us to simply meet every moment of our lives as it arises. 
may it be so. Now, don't forget, I'm looking for input from Everyday Buddhism Podcast listeners. I've received quite a few emails, but would love to hear from more of you about how you are coping through this pandemic. Where have you found support? What are some of the resilience-building practices or activities you have incorporated in your lives that have helped you walk through the troubled times we're living in? Please email your insights or comments to Wendy Shinyo, that's W-E-N-D-Y-S-H-I-N-Y-O, all lowercase, at everyday.buddhism.com. With the subject line, How I'm Coping. Um, and then maybe we can talk about you being on a podcast. Know that I read every email, whether in response to my how I'm to my how I'm coping request or or general emails. But I really am not able to answer many or reach out directly. But know that I re- reach read each one with gratitude. Speaking of the how I'm coping idea. Um, I'm going to be recording next week a special episode of How I'm Coping. We have already had one um, with David Farley, but I'm doing another one coming up with two two special guests that are listeners of my podcast. Um, And we're going to be talking, uh, I uh, don't have a title yet, but we're going to be talking about how if one is disabled or or affected in any way by illness and uh, and 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 disability or traumatic injuries, um, then that is a way of feeling how it feels, how most people have felt during the pandemic and have never felt that way the before in their lives. The feeling of not being able to do what you want to do every day. I think it will offer a. A, a wonderful look into another way of seeing things and help you open your mind and your heart to people who aren't able-bodied. Stay tuned for that. I'll make sure it's out there uh, on all social media channels so you know uh, when it's coming. And of course, if you are already a subscriber to my podcast, it will just drop when I launch it. So that's it for this episode. And as a reminder, don't forget that you can join me and others in the private donation-supported Everyday Sangha that meets virtually via Zoom every other week on Thursday evening, 7.30 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time. We will not be meeting this Thursday due to Thanksgiving, but there's another one scheduled the following week. So keep an eye out for that, and please join if you've uh, even considered it. I think you'll find it uh, a, a wonderful supportive atmosphere for your practice. And until next time, keep finding ways to make yours and everyone's days better. 